time, and here we are, June 4th, on our morning market mashup. And for anyone following along, it would mean a lot to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Roland Brothers Market Mashup, and just hit the subscribe button. We're doing this every day, Monday through Friday, 8.30 Eastern time. And let's dive into it. Looks like the futures were pointing down all night. They were down as much as... I don't know, close to 200 points. And then looked like Europe came out with news that they were adding to their stimulus package that sent the market up into a frenzy again. And here we are. So Bob, right off the bat, sounded like you were buying some stock this morning, but uh, what's going on? Yeah, I think the, first of all, the other day, um, one of your friends mentioned plug. It got an initiation with an overweight at Barclays today. And the Oh yeah, seven dollar price target, and uh, you know I picked up a little in the pre-market, trading around four twenty-six. Nick, you hear that? Don't get rid of that plug stock, buddy. <laughs> and um, another stock, I was looking at some charts last night uh, with my help, with help from my friend Mark Roberts, and uh, he pointed out Saber, symbol S A B R, and they're a backwards way to play the airline business. They do uh, some of the internal bookings for the airlines. I'm not exactly sure what their operation is, but if you look at the chart, this stock is poised for a big move if the airlines have any juice in them. And if they don't, people are going to look for other ways to play it. And this is a good way to play it. SABR. So, Dad, would you look at this as a hedge to the airline momentum? No, seen not, recently? it's not a hedge. It's another way to play the airlines. But I think it's a safer way to play the airlines because you're basically not stuck with one. You're, you know, this is a booking system for many of the airlines. And so is this similar to like a booking.com? I think it's a lot different than Booking.com because it only deals with uh, airlines, as far as I know. And so it's basically like instead of doing a car rental company, you buy car or the car auctioning to play it differently. So yeah, it's like a different you know, angle on airlines. In a way, it's a different angle. But if you notice, it's the same chart pattern that we've seen with the airlines and some of these deep cyclicals that are just kind of breaking out. And there's a lot so of. So you even uh, think after the last couple of weeks of airline momentum, it's still a good entry point? Yeah, because uh, it, it looks like there's a lot of room to go here. Awesome. Really. I mean, it's more than double, but some of these stocks have tripled and quadrupled. But uh, it looks like there's room in it. I, I bought so a. Now, where is your? Uh, where are you looking to get in and out of that? Well, anywhere below nine is probably okay. It's trading eight ninety five already this morning because the airlines are through the roof. Boom, baby. That's what I like to say. I mean, Spirit, Airlines, Spirit Airlines, which was, it seems like a day ago, was trading at eight. Is it 1963 right now? I hate that company. When Dan and I had that Austin experience last year, I will never fly Spirit Airlines again. I think they're crap and I'd rather spend an extra 200 bucks to tell them to fuck off. I, you won't see me on a Spirit Airlines flight ever again. 
I think it's important to bring up the fact that even though some of these stocks have gone up 100% in the last few weeks, some of these stocks were priced into near extinction. So maybe there was so much of an overreaction that we're getting back to just a point where it's more of a healthy correction instead of uh, the world is ending correction. So, and Dan, that's um, a great point you bring up. Are there are there certain situations we can take advantage of there where there's companies we know, like we've seen with Boeing, where there was a, a brief period there a few months ago where they dipped under 85, where it's like, oh, are they going under? And of course, they're not. It's Boeing. So if you actually are confident in certain companies that are not going bankrupt, can we take advantage of that narrative based on what's happening, like a Ford, for example? What's going on with them? Is Ford going to be going under? I don't see it. Yeah, tough to know. I mean, I, I, it wouldn't shock me if some of these auto companies kind of but but pull up the Ford ticker for a second and tell tell me what you guys think of that because it's one of those situations where that company, when you think about where what they've been setting up for Dan, you remember at the delivery convention with what's going on down in Orlando with the Ford campus, with the automation that they're setting up for. I, I find it hard to believe that company is going to be going belly up. I just see them being set up for where we're heading more than any really in that space. You know, the problem with those stocks is you're competing with the bonds and a lot of people that really understand bonds are buying you know, it, at pretty good levels with good interest rates. And if it does go under, the bonds usually will survive to a certain extent. Having said that, the uh, the chart looks good. I mean, it looks like all these other charts. They're all breaking out. And every chart seems to look I, pretty Not every bad. chart looks good, though. Not I'm every starting chart. to see, like, I like looking at these one in five days and kind of getting a feel for is this thing on its way up or is it on its way down? Yeah, you know? like, gotta, That's why, again, I, I bring up Uber. If you guys know, I brought that up earlier in the week. It's gone up a little and it looks like it's it's about to break out more. It has that feel. You know, this is a definitely a, a two-way market now for sure. I mean, here we the Dow looks like it's going to open down 130. Yet, Boeing in the Dow is up about seven points. Uh, yeah. um, you're, you're getting a lot of two-way action now in the market, and you got to really be selective. Um, Boeing has really run up. It has, and it's now going to probably run into a little bit of uh, resistance, but who knows? <laughs> I sold I mean, I some Boeing at 100. I, my laptop's been broken, so I haven't been able to do an offset sell, and it's I've been fortunate. I've, I've probably saved myself money. But I, I still I, think I, some I, of the... 77 last night during extension hours at 177 Boeing. And what's it at 181 now? Yeah, 181. It was 183. Wow. Let's see that thing go over 200. Um, uh, I, I think I did. Go ahead, go ahead, Danny. Sorry. No, I was going to say that yesterday I did a little day trading with DraftKings, which I don't know. Wait, Dan, repeat what you just said because dad's phone was going off. No, I was saying yesterday I did some day trading on DraftKings and every trading session 
that stock is so volatile that if you really look at the charts, you can get in and out and in and out twice in a day usually and make some good money on it, obviously, until that doesn't happen. But it's got major swings through the so extended. So what, what are you looking at today, Dan, for a good entry point for our followers to get well, for a day trade? So yesterday, what I did with, with DraftKings was – I bought at thirty nine forty nine, and then I sold at thirty nine ninety five, which was a nice little game for me. And something that Dad pointed out—that's a good tip that I've been doing more—is to have your limits set just under where you would think is like the real breakout. So obviously, if you want DraftKings at forty. Thirty nine ninety five. A lot of the times is like where it's going to possibly get to before turning back down, and you know you're only five cents away, and it kind of ensures not ensures, but it, it just seems like you have a better chance of hitting the limit when you aren't at those obvious even numbers like a forty or a forty one, and you come a few cents under. So, so the psychology behind being a little off the round number. Yeah, it's a marketing game, and it works because a lot of people will put their limits at the full price, 40 well, We've seen that in food delivery, guys, with the, you know, the $0.99 cents or dollar. It's, it's crazy, but it's true. No different. So, like, right now, it looks like DraftKings is set to open under 39 I personally look at that as a buy. I think if I'm going to you... join you on that, Dan. I like that. One, and again, one, word, one word of caution, though, on DraftKings is that – you know, Las Vegas is opening, and I think the psychology is, okay, the casinos are opening now. Let's go away from the online to a certain extent. And I think that's why it's been weak the last couple of days. And I just heard a report that Las Vegas uh, bookings are so successful that they're opening more casinos than they thought were going to open. So, so is that – I know MGM's run up a ton. Do you see that? Do you think that's already been rallied enough? Yeah, I think these stocks have had a huge run, and I think they're going to be really disappointed in what their actual win is going to be because they, they're going to have reduced capacity. But the fact yeah, that Dan they're and opening, I were talking about that offline a bit. Like I personally – gaming, I'm kind of – Part of me wants to stay on the sidelines completely in gaming. I've made some good money on it the last few weeks in and out of, you know, MGM and these DraftKings and pens. I'm just, I feel like the news has gotten so great with what ifs that it's almost a euphoric on another level that, you know, we need to see all these things actually happen. And right now it's all in the future. It's not happening yet. Yeah, but in saying that, it is important to acknowledge that we're about to end this latest earnings cycle. So now we're going to have a few months before companies really need to show, okay, here's actually what happened since we opened. So if the good news continues, it's really momentum at this point because we're not going to necessarily see what's actually going on at casinos for the next few months. And until the next round of earnings, I think you could see a lot of momentum trading. Um, I, I another- think the, the one red flag with that, though, Dan, we have to keep in mind a lot of these stimulus checks that people got. Let's be real. Some of that money went into gaming. And I, I think a lot of it depends. Are people going to be getting more money here from the government 
there's a lot of people out of jobs. I, I think there's a couple of things here that we have to keep in mind with what, you know, consumer spending. And even with people not being locked down as much, you know, it, it's something to think about with what, what are they going to be doing to distract themselves? That might change a bit. Yeah, look, the other way to look at DraftKings is there's a lot of contempt to bans for people wanting to bet on sports. And even if casinos are opening for the first time in a few months now, you have specific dates circled that certain sports are coming back with playoff events and just different things happening. And, you know, you saw what happens with the, the match with Tiger, Peyton, and uh, Tom Brady and whoever the other guy was, I'm blanking. Oh, yeah, Phil Mickelson. They were up over 150% on in-game activity on their app from last year's match. So clearly that trend is just going through the moon. I personally think DraftKings is kind of in its own little bubble, aside from the gaming stocks. Whether or not short-term the narrative takes away from DraftKings because they're part of the gaming sector I still think long term, it's a huge win. And if you're looking for the dip, this is kind of the dip. It's 10% off of the ties. It, it, it might be the dip. It might have more to dip. Though. I, I'm with you long term. There could be more headwinds here with that stuff. I really think everyone I know has hit me up saying they just bought DraftKings the last week. That's why I'm not in it right now. Because I, I, when everyone I know and their mother is into something, I'm, I like trying to be the contrarian with to some extent, or we're all schmucks. So I, I don't like being on that bandwagon because then no, I feel like sure. I'm a sucker. But that, that is why it is important to acknowledge, you know, it has come down from 44. It's come down huge. The other it stock. Might have been a that, bit it might have been way too high with that. The other stock that had a nice move yesterday that looks like it's continuing to go higher. And I'm still waiting for headlines to break out that this happened, but I brought it up two days ago. Warren Buffett took a big stake in Liberty media. The The ticker is L S X M K. I bought it and it had a fantastic day yesterday. It was up huge after hours. LSXMK, Dan? LSXMK. So it was up big after hours. It's definitely not going to open where it was after hours. I actually had a sell order in for right under 40. It didn't hit extended hours. But but still, I, I don't know why more people aren't talking about the fact that Warren Buffett, who's been so bearish on the market and on the sidelines, just recently picked up a big stake in stock. But until that news kind of comes out, I think that stock, uh, I'm really interested to see what it does because I think that's big news that's just being ignored. I'm going to look into that this morning. I, I just have not had a good track record with Warren Buffett. So <laughs> um, actually Kraft Heinz though is starting to look nice. So, but that, that's not something I followed suit on him on. I think the rule yeah. with Warren Buffett, you wait a long time before jumping in his investments these days. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, dad, what I was looking at this morning that just makes me think, who knows, maybe this market's still sort of at the beginning of a whole new bull run. I'm looking back to what happened in 08 and 09. And obviously there was way less of a stimulus package. You definitely know more about it than us. So hopefully you could speak about it a little bit. But it seems like as soon as things got into gear, 
I don't want to say it was almost a straight line to where we were a couple of years ago. And then obviously it's been a little choppy and then the coronavirus and everything like that. But now you have this next stimulus package, clearly the market's responding well. I mean, what's stopping this thing from going on the next decade long bull run? Well, and compare it to the dot-com bubble too. I think we have to go off of not just 08 because there's been a couple instances we can compare to. So it's not necessarily just, I think that's something we have to figure out here. Is this a repeat of 08, 09, or is this a 2000, 2001 situation? Yeah, I mean, they're all they're all slightly different, but, you know, this one, it's almost back to where it was. It's incredible. And obviously, the economy is far from where it was before all this happened. And the stimulus is making up for it. It's like a crutch. So as long as the crutch is there, and we talked about this before, the market has that bid. And is that enough to propel it? Maybe. I mean, there's, we keep talking about all the liquidity out there and all the money that's in money markets. Um, all that money that's in money markets is making no yield. And a lot of that is probably satisfied money. People that just will not enter the stock market no matter what, because they just don't buy into this. But so what are they doing? What, are they just putting cash, like burying it in the backyard? I don't understand that. No, it, like, what's it, going on with this cash? They're sitting in money markets, which basically yield, you know, less than a half of 1% a year. But so I don't understand though, like what what's the game plan there long term? That's true. Everyone's got a different game plan. Some people just say I'd rather have, you know, no gains than take a chance that the market's going to drop 20, 30 percent. And other people are waiting for this big drop so they can get in. There's all different reasons. The fact is, with so much money there, some of it's going to leak into the stock market. Yeah, because people ultimately want to try and get gains. And Dad, I actually have somebody that brought up a good question that I think a lot of people will like to hear the answer of. So I know you've talked about charts. And when you look at the moving averages, a lot of the times you point to the one-year chart. But the question is basically with the current volatility in the market, is it best to look at the one-year chart or is it best to look at a one-day chart, a five-day chart, a 10-day or even a 30-day chart? How do you decide? Yeah, you know what? The answer to that is yes, all of them. I mean, you want to, if you're going to buy a stock, look at all those charts. Look at a year chart, look at a five-day chart, look at a one-day chart, you know, and, and what you handle. And what are you really looking for when you look at, let's say, a one-day chart versus a five-day chart versus a one-year chart? I mean, each thing probably provides a different set of data that you're looking for that helps you make decisions. Yeah, well, in this environment, I mean, what you really want to do is look at about a three- to six-month chart because that's when everything happened, right? So anything before that is almost not even important. Um, just what, if a stock hit a high, let's say, of 200 and now it's trading at 50, the 200 doesn't matter anymore. It has nothing to do with anything other than a, a point on the chart. So the, the quarter term charts are more important when we've had what, what's taken place in the last three so months. 
So, for example, if you look at a Boeing, which before all this started was in the promised land, of, I think at some point it was even over 400. Right. You're, you're, yeah. you're saying it's almost irrelevant. Not relevant. Yeah, it's not, not Yeah, not relevant at all. Yeah. I mean, what's realistic for Boeing? Okay, it got to the first realistic level of 180. That's what kind of a lot of people were looking at. Let's see if it could break through that. And then there's different levels as time goes on. But, uh, you know, it's, the stock's fundamentals are so different than they were when the stock was 400. It's a different yeah, but, you can't, but you can't necessarily say that about every company. No. I mean, there are some no. companies that actually could see, and I hate to use the word, shape recovery. You know, it's like a popular now. But if you take their stock out of the equation and you actually just look at their business operation, there are companies that if we do put the corona behind us and it doesn't come back, will basically be V-shaped. Like at some point, I look at like a live nation, for example, who right now I'm having a tough time touching them because events seem like they're the last thing that are going to come back. But if we do find ourselves in a situation where people are going to concerts again, and people are going to festivals just like they were two years ago. Live Nation is going to be in the exact same place they were right before. Dan, I love where your head's at with Live Nation, especially when you hear Fauci all of a sudden saying he'd go on a flight now. You see these protests. There's no social distancing going on. I, if anything, I think this is expediting events. If we don't see an uptick in cases from all these protests, you're going to see events coming back way sooner. The narrative has shifted very quickly on this thing. And I, I think that could be a, a great value play way sooner than we might have thought a few weeks ago. Well, you know, just to um, go back and look at this generally, um, every stock is different. And a lot of these companies were forced to dilute their shareholders through stock offerings and other uh, types of uh, money raising events and that changed the fundamentals for these companies like you take uh, some of these airlines that have raised you know millions and millions of dollars they, it's not the same company as it was before all this happened so you really have to look stock by stock to see okay did this company raise money and dilute the shareholders to be able to survive that company is going to be a lot harder to get to the old times, right? And to add to that, it seems like outside of very, very few companies that dominate the world, and I'm talking about the Apples, the Facebooks, the Amazons of the world, majority of companies did take on money, whether it was the form of stock offerings, whether it was bonds. Like Guys, we're having bad network again here. It's getting choppy. I'm, I'm hearing everything fine. Yeah, but you're yeah, the problem. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm the problem. Yeah. Well, um, why, why don't you guys pick up what I was saying? I, I honestly couldn't. It, I couldn't understand. It was not coming through for me. Well, I, I was basically. It does it sound a little better now? Yeah. I, I was basically saying how majority of companies outside the real, real market leaders, like the biggest market cap companies that are almost at a trillion dollars or above majority of them did take on money. So at what point is that going to 
come to fruition because it seems like right now the stocks are all trading off of this herd like mentality that they're all going to get back to where they were yeah well if they do those are the ones to think about maybe not being in anymore <laughs> so i mean boeing is a perfect example it's one that we keep talking about that comes to mind based on what you're saying it's basically impossible for that company to get back to where it was because no, it's, not, right. no, it's, definitely it's not, not impossible. impossible. It's just going to take a longer period of time than you think. That's okay. Maybe, but in saying that, I think the world, we have to keep in mind, Boeing is half travel, half defense. So it's not like it's an airline company like Delta. I think there's way more that goes into there being a lot more upside for a Boeing with where the world is with turmoil. And the America first thing, I, I just don't see Boeing as a normal, you know, type of airline at all. So I, I think if anything, that could have more recovery than we think, just based on it's in bed with the U.S. government. So are there certain things that you guys are looking for in the market today? I know there's some notable earnings going on today. Yeah. Broadcom, you got Slack, you got DocuSign. Some of these I'm looking at look like the uh, video game stock. It came down pretty hard yesterday because some conference was canceled. And when you look at their roadmap here, the next few months in the summer and fall, with what they're doing with digital games coming out with World of Warcraft, um, I, I think they're set up to be the winner in that in that sector the next six months. I've Which been my for a while. I've never owned the stock, ATVI. And uh, I think I'm going to be buying that on the down. It's down a bit pre-market. I'm waiting for that to come down a little more. But I, I'm, I definitely have my eye on buying that in the $68, $68 to $69 range. And I also, Uber, which I did not. I know I brought that up earlier in the week. I had a limit order. It didn't hit because it didn't drop to where I wanted at down to 35.60, but even here, I, I think it's a good buy. I'm expecting that to go up to 40. So, so I think you have some room there to run short term for a good in trade. The, in that same sector, I actually bought a little bit more Take Two yesterday. They released the uh, Take Two, which nice. is another another gaming stock. They released the PlayStation Five today. They got a huge lineup of games that are coming out in the future. They had really good earnings, and they've had a healthy dip from the earnings, which might be just a big shareholder unloading their position. But now it's trading just below 130, and I bought more yesterday at when it dropped below 129, and I'm hoping that it gets back into game mode. Uh, the the ticker is PTWO Take Two. So, Mike, we're, in, we're, we're, we're doing competing gaming stocks here. Hopefully they both work. I think they're both great holdings long-term without a doubt in that, in that field, as is EA. But, I, I, you know, it should be good to go with both of those. It'll be interesting. And I do want to point out that the other night when I went to a restaurant and I looked up at the TV, ESPN had two guys playing video games against each other live. It was like an either football, basketball, I don't remember what it was. But I was like, wow, this is really taking on a whole new life. I know streaming has been huge with gaming, 
throughout the pandemic, but it really got really popular right before the pandemic. And I don't see that being a reverse trend. I think people are obsessed with it and it's going to continue to be massive. So I'm looking at that as something that continues to, to grow. Yeah, I think uh, if you guys remember, I mentioned I don't like Zoom. The earnings were out. The stock ran all the way up yesterday. I shorted it towards the uh, close. Um, I think these stay-at-home stocks are going to be really in trouble in the next few days. I think there's a shift going on here. And Dad, when you start with the stay-at-home stock, we're going to company. Hmm. Say that again. Yeah, I was, was going to say, we're going to take a dip, Dad. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, Mike. You said the stay-at-home stocks you're feeling are going to take a dip. Yeah, they do. I completely and agree with, with you. That. And in saying that, let's keep in mind Chewy's earnings are next week. I think they're going to pop hard after earnings. There's going to be a buying opportunity next week going into earnings. Let that thing come down a bit. It's gone up like crazy. I was in and out of it the last week. And you could see something similar with Peloton. They both were just upgraded, but they've they've gone on tears. And well, I think Chewy, I you know, I've been bullish on them all the last couple of months. They are going to have a huge earnings. I think people are expecting it, but we have to see the dust settle a little beforehand. I don't want to see that run up too much more. I know, Dan, we've talked about that a bit. And I think it's important to acknowledge that when you're looking at the stay-at-home stocks, there are certain stay-at-home stocks that are still going to be long-term winners that have nothing to do with the pandemic. Chewy and Peloton. Yeah, and I look at Chewy and Peloton as part of that. And I look at you know, a Zoom-type company as one that might start to see a sell-off because it's just run up. I mean, if you if you look at what is being baked into that stock now, perfection. So I agree with you. I think Zoom is a great short. I, I think there's it's hard to fathom what would make that stock go up more at this point. It's all so guys, all the best stuff has been baked in. For all right, yeah. picks quickly. Yeah, picks of the day, Dad. Saber, S A B R. Mike. I'm going Activision if it dips a little lower here. If I, I'm also having my eye on triggering Uber here at the beginning of the market at the open. And I'm, I'm sticking with the Liberty Media ticker LXMK. So let's make some money and see a good day, guys. Have a, good have day. a great day, everyone.